1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? Lucky?
1: The Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You
0: are listening to
1: Mississippi's number one sports talk show. The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio. At ESPN 105.9. The I like the feedback from Steve Dace, Michigan podcast. Our, uh, our SE, well, that's who our fans are listeners, SEC listeners, not happy with some of his comments. We are the Out of Bounds Show, one hundred five nine, The Zone, ESPN. Uh, brought to you by the amazing steaks and bourbon selection at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Steve Dace talking about Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, and NIL, and how sanctimonious the Big Ten is when it comes to, uh, well, the way that Our teams recruit under the table, and I still think it's going to be a co-op system going forward. You still have the the under-the-table recruiting, and then you have the legal NIL recruiting. Um, I know it is. I mean, it just happened in the last signing day, and it's happening right now. I do want to let you know that Michigan has a $17 billion endowment, (laughs) and they have 640,000 living alums. Uh, Just to give you an idea, he was right on that. Now, you can argue some of the things that he said. That's fine. I'm all for that. But uh, they do have uh, large, large alumni bases and endowments, and we've come a long way. But, uh, you know, for example, Mississippi State has 157,000 living alums. Ole Miss has 100. Uh, just under 130,000 living alums. And I don't know how many that's four-year old Miss because Ole Miss counts. You know, I talk about this all the time. Mary Claire driving up from McGee to get a bedpan degree at UMC doesn't really uh, count as someone who's going to buy season tickets on the 30-yard line, whereas Mississippi State's 157 is four-year on-campus alums. But you can run your numbers any way you want. $17 billion endowment for Michigan.
2: Dead presidents printed on paper. Cash money. Cash money. $17 billion. Seventeen. I don't even know. If I wanted to buy every recruit for the next 20 years, I couldn't spend $17 billion.
1: No. I, I, my question <laughs> will be will they allow you to use your endowment at some point? Will they allow you to use your endowment money or athletic foundation money? Now, this is what Mississippi State and Ole Miss need to happen. Because you're already at 60-something million a year, and with the new TV deal coming in, you're going to be at 80 before you know it and 100 million before you know it. So you don't need all that money in your foundation. Um, Will they ever allow you to allocate some of the money from the Loyalty Foundation or the Bulldog Club Foundation to your Bulldog Initiative or Rebel uh, Grove, I think, collective? Um, And that's going to... Yeah, I don't know how that's going to look. Uh, he is also right that fundraisers on college campuses, including Mississippi State and Ole Miss, have gotten real territorial about this thing because they need to meet quotas. And so fundraisers working for the Loyalty Foundation or the Bulldog Club or the Mississippi State Engineering School or the Ole Miss Liberal Arts School want to raise X amount of money. So they don't like hearing when a donor – Tells them, hey, look, I was going to give $70,000 this year to the university. However, now I'm going to do a 40-30 split because I want our athletic teams to be successful. Here's where a lot of the fundraisers have missed is that if you don't have talent, nobody's coming to campus. Facts. And you raise money on Saturdays for engineering and business scholarship endowing scholarships and professors and de- whatever and if you're not any good they'll go to their condo at the beach or their really souped up hunting camp in the delta or wherever or their lake house somewhere and they will not go to start at oxford cuz we we've been able to see that as soon as you start losing you can lose 30% of the attendance or stadium capacity in a heartbeat. Plus, people aren't sitting in the top of the stadium anymore either. So, you know, it's a it's a different deal now. But I think more and more people are saying, hey, I'll allocate X amount here and X amount here. But if you don't have talent, then nobody's going to show up.
2: Yeah. We've seen it firsthand in the state with Mississippi State's uh, football run and subsequent increase in enrollment with the Dak Prescott era. TCU actually put out some numbers because of their recent run in the playoff and what it might do. In 2011, when TCU played in the Rose Bowl for the first time, they saw a 10-times enrollment in, or application turnover year-to-year. Year. So their football program being good resulted in 10 times the amount of applications yeah. for freshman enrollees. And we've obviously
1: we've seen that with Ole Miss and Mississippi Correct. State, uh, an enrollment boom. But across the Sun Belt, because the, all these teams have been, not all, most of them have been good. Uh, in football, at, at some, look at Alabama. That's really the model as far as their enrollment boom uh, oh, since yeah. 2008 when Saban got the whole thing going. Who knew that they would hire more than one full-time recruiter in the New York metropolitan area? Now, think about that. If you'd have told somebody, like Robert St. John's in here with us, hanging out with us this morning. He was just in New York doing a, a kind of a food tour and seeing his son. If someone would have told you in 2005, that the University of Alabama would have full-time salaried people living in Manhattan or in one of the boroughs in New York recruiting high schools for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, you would have said, that is the biggest nonsense I've ever heard. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) They've also dropped people in Washington, D.C., in that whole metro Virginia area, and so on. So, and by the way, that's ticked off those Steve Dace guys up in the Midwest and Northeast, because Bama has pulled you know, national merit finalist left and right. That kid may have gone to Columbia. Yep. But now they look at it and they go, hey, Columbia doesn't have a football program. I want to go down. I've watched on TV on Saturday all these good-looking people in, in the student section. And that, first of all, it's <laughs> 70 degrees. Yeah. Two, they're <laughs> yeah. all dressed up. We don't do that here. In the fall, you don't know that it's college football season at Boston College. Correct. Excellent university. but And you can even beat kids on Penn State. Hey, do I want to go out in the middle of a remote? I've been to Penn State, beautiful area, really remote area. Or do I want to be in Tuscaloosa where there's just, I know this sounds crazy, there's more yeah. going on.
2: Do I want to deal with snow and ice for five months of the year in Columbus or Ann Arbor? Or do I want to deal with some Forty degree weather once you know one month a year in Tuscaloosa, right? Auburn, Oxford, Starkville—it's a totally different ball game. And I think too, what you said, which is interesting, is that you heard from Steve Dace himself. Well, oh, we don't—that's not how our culture is. That's not how, well. Hey, newsflash, Steve—like that's fine and good. Look who's winning. There's a reason the culture is what we. How many times do we talk about new coaches? Oh, we got to establish a great culture. Right. A winning culture in the locker room. It's all about culture. Well, down here, it's a lifestyle. Football. The football culture is the way we live.
1: But he did acknowledge that Michigan hired a chancellor that is all football. That's never happened.
2: And that's important. Uh, well, Leadership remember, head
1: down. Remember, during COVID, the Big Ten at first decided, we're not playing. Period. And then yeah. Ohio State made a call to Chicago, which is where the Big Ten office is, and said, if you want Big Ten football to die, If you want the SEC to not only pounce, but absolutely just take it all, then that's fine. We cannot play. You remember the about face in in that four- to five-day window that week in
2: August? And the other university presidents were pretty okay. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. Ohio State understands, And that's why it's interesting to me that Steve said, oh, well, if Jim Harbaugh wants to leave, let him leave. Brother, you haven't beat Ohio State twice since 99-2000.
1: And and the whole promote from within a a first-year offensive coordinator, at least Lincoln Riley had been at Oklahoma for a a few years. One. Two, Oklahoma had been on a 20-year run
2: with Stoops.
1: I think Harbaugh just started getting this going at Michigan. I think it's a different deal.
2: We got a great question about NIL and their relationship to the university. The
1: Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by... Farm Bureau Insurance? Bundle your card home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent for excellent customer service. Also like what he said about NIL, it should be the frosting on the cake, not drive your roster. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, fence about ZBiotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot and believe me, it is the real deal. Go to ZBiotics.com slash O-O-B to get 15% off your first order when you use O-O-B at checkout. Remember to head to ZBiotics.com slash O-O-B and use the code O-O-B at checkout for 15% off. All right, we have a question on the Ag Up equipment text line, six oh one eight eight five three seven seven six. I also have something on Kermit Davis Jr., people are asking about that. I can't get a read on how much Ole Miss fans really care. Uh Blake throughout, do you think he'll finish the season? Um, you know, he's lost uh he he lost nine of ten last year to end the season, and they've lost four in a row in the conference this year. That's 13 of the last 14 SEC games. So he's,
2: I mean, that's one win. You don't have to be great, but you can't be abjectly terrible.
1: Yeah, Kiffin and Bianco can carry you uh, because of their success, but yep. you just can't be god awful.
2: You got to have a chance to win.
1: And and also, somebody asked about John Calipari. I think that'll heat up. You can't you can't lose at home if you're Kentucky in basketball to South Carolina, who's not good. And an empty Rupp Arena. Well, what's the one thing that gets coaches fired? Not losing, it's apathy. apathy. All right, Let, tell me what you see. You, you yeah. like something on the Ag Up equipment text line. Well, what is it?
2: This is a new world of NIL, and we I think every day, you and I are in the business, and we cover it all the time, and there's still things that pop up where we go, I didn't know you could do that, or I didn't know that was how this was going. So NIL is still very confusing. Steve Dace was talking about NIL all the time and the $17 billion endowment that Michigan has. So... QB1 asks, why can't funds from athletic departments go to NIL deals? If it's about paying players for services they provide to the university, why is the money not coming from the university?
1: I think it's a good question. I, <laughs> not, that's I, a great question. I'm not saying that it won't happen. I'm just telling you where we are right now.
2: Who is they that governs this? Because that's my. We, you and Steve were talking about that, and all I could think of was well, who's I don't they? know
1: how they're going to wire money through, not wire, well, I don't, so I'm not, you. we would have to bring on some kind of CPA or tax law guy to explain to me how you can give to a foundation, which then, that has tax benefits, which then transfers it over to a collective, which then pays a player. Yeah. I don't claim to know all that. Yeah.
2: But my point was right Wait, now, is that, is that, does that sound right? Yeah, right now, who is governing the NIL? Is it just the NCAA? I think so. So that my argument to this would be, as Steve told you at 730, and if you missed that interview, you got to go listen to it because it was incredible. The NCAA is basically a hall monitor at this point. They do next to nothing. So my question is, what's stopping some of these schools from doing what they want to do with NIL, period? Tax laws. That's yeah. my point. It, got it, you. Goes,
1: it goes outside of the NCAA jurisdiction. So what, what I'm saying is, even if the NCAA told them at noon today that you can do it, How do You you could be breaking tax laws by shuffling foundation to a collective, to a player.
2: So it may be something where it's going to have to change the way you donate to the school, even if it's to the school, so then they funnel it to a player. But I don't think it's about
1: donating. I think what the schools are saying is use the TV money. I mean, if a guy wants to stop giving to the foundation, he can just give. Why would he take out the individual donors? Why would you even mess with that and go... From foundation to collective, when you if you decide you want players, you just go straight to the collective.
2: And what it should be is the school's profit going in. What I'm talking about is T
1: V rights money at eighty, ninety, a hundred million dollars. Yeah. You now have plenty of money, you don't use it all. Why not be able to allocate some of that to your NIL fund? Okay. So what's is it? So would that you, wouldn't be a tax issue, right? Well, no, I don't know. Would you would you then go to Disney and say would the SEC office then go to Disney and say the schools are allowed to instead of it running through the SEC office, I guess, and then maybe it's all allocated out to the to the universities? Would you just go to Disney and say, hey, we want eighty percent of our TV rights money to be paid to our athletic department, and we want twenty directly yeah. paid to our
2: NIL? Yeah, and I guess that would make sense because, like you just said, the margin of error in terms of what you get in versus what you're spending at these schools is now wider than it's ever been. Ninety million dollar TV deals, hundred million dollar TV deals, as they continue to roll through. Uh, you, like we've talked about, you're not spending that much money on an annual basis at any of these schools.
1: No, you're not. And I mean, and I know athletic departments have gotten fat, very layered. Um, I mean. They have the last fifteen years. <laughs> athletic departments, have – kind of like the federal government. I mean, they've gotten you. You, you can you can get into an athletic department, and start walking around, and go, "How much work does some of these people really do?" Uh, not a lot. Okay, so it's not the most efficiently run place, for sure. Right when you've got associate ads, it's bureaucratic. And OD yeah. ads, and then you've got other employees within the um, hierarchy of the deal. My question would be, when you're negotiating TV rights money, can you just on the front end say, we want the universities to decide how much they want to go to NIL and how much they want to go to their athletic department? Um, Now, let's switch gears. I I think Mississippi State fans have set themselves up to be disappointed Uh in this offensive coordinator hire, which SEC fans do very well. Um, Because of the Kendall Briles 48-hour, 72-hour deal last week where Zach Arnett went after that, and I don't blame him, that was going to be a tough lift, right? Because Mississippi State and Arkansas are kind of one and the same. It would have been different if it was – I think it would have been the same thing had Arkansas been trying to poach a coordinator from Mississippi State. But if you're LSU or Florida and trying to poach from MSU or Arkansas, different deal. I think Zach Arnett's going to land on a G5 offensive coordinator, maybe a P5, but a G5 offensive coordinator with good experience that has good offensive scoring efficiency numbers, but the fan base is going to freak out because he's not from Power 5.
2: Do you think that is when you're Zach Arnett and a first year head coach, how important is it to win the press conference versus winning on the field next year?
1: Uh, winning on the field.
2: Obviously. We talk all the time about, oh, you can win the press conference and it may not translate, right? But I'm on group
1: text messages that, you know, like I, I think people thought, Oh, well then he'll go here. Like Duke. Well, how many The Kevin Johns thing has been, you know, out there for weeks. Would, would, would they go get him? He's a veteran, 47 years old. He's a veteran offensive coordinator that's had success. I do think that Zach Arnett is and his advisors are targeting a guy that has had to call plays and has been at a disadvantage talent-wise like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas are many Saturdays. Not mm-hmm. all Saturdays, but many Saturdays through the year. I think fans automatically want you to go get a blue blood
2: guy. We want that in every sport at every position, but right? But
1: they always have the advantage talent-wise. So the one thing that Leach made his mark on was he was at a talent disadvantage at Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State, and yet he beat a bunch of people who out-recruited him. I think you want to go and, and, and get a guy who has proven yep. that many Saturdays he's at a disadvantage talent-wise. But he's been successful.
2: Yes, because you're never playing downhill at Mississippi State or Ole Miss. You're playing uphill eight out of twelve weeks.
1: So, what do you think? What do you think the fans will think of my my take?
2: On That's that? too logical, uh, so fans won't won't appreciate it or understand it. In reality, I
1: think. And, and who are you going to poach? Okay, like maybe you could go get the Duke
2: guy or a Wake. You know, but ninety be- percent of the fan base doesn't know. If you didn't, if it wasn't an SEC offensive coordinator that you faced all the time, they don't know these people anyways. I know. So, like you said, it's about <laughs> the pull. It's the pullover. They're going wait. Did the OC we just hire have a good pullover or a, a logo that I don't know? Right. That's all that – and at the end of the day – Because that, they don't
1: watch Tulane football. They don't watch – No. La Lafayette football,
2: uh, North Texas. They don't watch
1: Duke football. Right. You don't. Well, no, nobody watches Duke or Wake
2: or so, – So, it UVA doesn't – or – For Zach Arnett, I hope Arnett is an understanding that, A, it was okay to swing and miss on Bryles, but, B, it doesn't matter what the fan base says because if you roll out in September and score 40 points a game – it doesn't matter what his previous logo was.
1: Yeah, I think forty was a little crazy, but but because Leach only averaged twenty three. So anyway, I'm just saying Hall of Fame, brilliant offensive mind. We got to keep that into consideration. All right, SEC insider hit coming up next. And Robert St. John said he's bringing us a short rib from Enzo at some point in the next couple of weeks. We got I know, I know. Jared Binko. Selman from Oklahoma. Maybe Brian White from Florida Atlantic. Uh, John David Wicker from, is it San Diego State or San Diego? I get them mixed up I all the time. can't
2: remember. Okay. Blake Scott from the Out of Bounds Show?
1: Blake Scott from the Out of Bounds Show. I applied online. Robert St. John from El Rio and Enzo. I mean, we've got all kinds of candidates from uh, uh, for the Mississippi State Athletic Director, but I know, really. According to our text messages, y'all are more. Int- I know this is crazy. More power to Jared Binko or or Selman or or Bo Hempill or whoever it is. Um, people are really locked into this offensive coordinator deal because Zach Arnett's a new coach. Y'all y'all feel confident he's checked the box on the defensive side of the football. He has been a three year play caller there. He brought in Chad Bumpus, which y'all love. And he also made the hire of Will Friend, who has SEC experience at Tennessee and Auburn. Bartu called it a hell of a hire. He's Will Friend grew up in Starkville, finished his high school career at Philadelphia, Mississippi, and signed with the University of Alabama in 1995 with uh, Gene Stallings. And, And then his mom still lives in Starkville. I did not know that. Uh, I bumped into Will Friend at the Mississippi State Ole Miss game at the hump on Saturday. He was already decked out in Mississippi State gear. So, so there's a, people are excited with Arnett, but then the OC thing, the browse thing got everybody on. It was code red. I mean, and people were on a scale of 1 to 10, it was a 15. People were hot and bothered and excited, and I love it. If y'all weren't, then this show wouldn't go for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. That I think Zach did a great job. I think a lot of the Mississippi State fan base missed that he got you in the cycle of the news for three days, and let everybody know that he was serious about going and getting a uh, an OC. A lot of people have taken that and said we have two million dollars to spend because they were going to give they were going to buy out Brawls at eight hundred grand and bring him in for two million. Okay, but you don't do that for just because you have two million. Doesn't mean you spend 2000000 million. Doesn't mean there's <laughs> another guy out there on the market. Also, don't forget this when you're talking to agents. And we've cultivated relationships with agents over the last 20 years. There are a lot of guys that are making $1.5 million and they're on a three-year contract. It means that you have to buy out two of the years. Yep. There's a reason why nobody could come in and get Arnett. Cohen structured it where you were going to have to pay like $1.6 million plus put Arnett on the payroll for another 1.6 or whatever you bid for him. I mean, we can do the math here. But fans like to, I know in sports, we don't treat it like our business. We want to make it super, super simplistic and say, we have $2 million. This is who we should should go get. But don't forget that buyouts could be another $2 million, And then you're looking at $4 million, and you're just simply not, you're not going to do that because that doesn't make sense at the at the position. Remember, Arnett was on a multi-year deal when P- and Kiffin and Ole Miss have done this for assistance. But look, Derek Nix just got a massive raise for saying no to Auburn. Yep. A massive raise. He will now be one of the highest paid wide receivers in America, uh, wide receiver coaches in America. So the reason why when those three teams came after Arnett, they looked at it and said, Damn, do we want to pay $2 million and pay him $2 million? when he was D.C.? All right. So hopefully that some of that makes some sense.
2: But, Bo, they should love my school like I love my school and just come here for the name on the front of the jersey. The Out of
1: Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 <laughs> The Zone, brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Rick's Pro Truck Commercial, RPT and Glugstat and RPT and on Lakeland Drive, Flowood, Rick's Pro Truck dot com ricksprotruck.com and so that's my theory there I, I there is plenty of talent in G5 it's just a matter of if Arnett and his advisors land on that guy you may end up with a power five guy Mike Bobo was never considered or interviewed I just want to let you know you got mad on Friday I was trying to be a productive citizen I <laughs> ate lunch at Enzo and then I went and saw Kenny Hall at Cypress Depot and then I had to stop by uh, Ike and Flowood. I mean, I was working all the way through Friday afternoon, and and you guys were blowing up my phone over something that was as bogus as a three dollar bill. Mike Bobo was was never considered, much less interviewed. Now let's switch gears to Lane Train's contract. Oh, uh, Blake, give me the. I don't want all the. Nonsense. I oh, yeah. want the three major things yeah. in the contract. All right,
2: here we go. Uh his base compensation for the next four years. Okay. Eight point seven five million. Okay. Eight point eight five nine and nine. Okay. So that's it. So he's 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 make, I say that's it. It's a paltry nine million dollars. Um he has incentives to remain employed for each of the next two full seasons. So if he's employed December thirty first, twenty twenty three, end of the year, he gets another two fifty. The following year, he gets another 150,000, 150,000, 250,000. Okay. And then he has incentives all the way up to winning a national title. Should Ole Miss get back to a New Year's Six Bowl, of which, you know, Lane Kiffin made, or even better, they make it to the semifinal game, a New Year's Six Bowl would be 250,000. A semifinal appearance would be 500,000. Wow. And if you advance 750,000, if you win it, another million. Right, right. So he's he's got incentives. I think the one you want to look out for is obviously that New Year Six. That's an attainable incentive, right? Right. Two hundred fifty k to show up for a group of six, or not group, but an access bowl is what they call them now, the New Year Six bowls. And so, yeah, that's he's very highly incentivized to win, obviously. But he's also got season ticket incentives and things like that. So he's gonna clear every bit of nine million next year and then some. That is a lot of money. It's a lot of money.
1: He, you know, people are. Comp- and it's a six year deal because they wrote it through the. They, they grabbed the extra two years through the foundation.
2: I wonder if that can be rolled back to the university when you get to that point. I think they're fake years, right? I, I think they. Are, it's kind of a, a little bit of that. I think it's because this contract that's laid out is a four-year contract because it's the university's contract. Right. He has the
1: foundation doesn't have to disclose. Correct. Remember Cohen and Mississippi State wouldn't disclose some of the uh, court. Was it the coordinator salaries that people wanted? at like a year and a half. I can't remember. We cover so many different topics and so on, but. It was something like that and when you when you run it through the foundation, you don't have to tell people exactly what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just like if you hire thirteen people, you don't have to tell anybody who you're you know, I mean it's, it's your private business. True. Um I, it's interesting the way that is structured. It gives you Kippen- I bet
1: Zach Arnett's is very incentive laden too. At three million, you know, I bet he could get to four. Pretty quick with some SEC wins and a bowl game and things like that. Isn't
2: that the idea when you're a state or Ole Miss is you you have to protect yourself with a buyout clause that makes it hard for another team to come. Not hard, but more profitable for you if another team comes and gets your coach. Right. But also, shouldn't you be incentivizing success over paying for perceived success? I know there's a balance there, but if you're state and old Miss... That'll
1: always happen in sports.
2: Yeah, you're trying to you're usually having to hire guys who are still proving themselves a lot of the time. Yeah. And so you incentivize like success was trying to prove himself out of Florida Atlantic. I'd argue he's still proving himself in Ole Miss. Yeah. Because he, this is not his end game. He's trying to get to the next level. He's trying to get to, to a program that can win a title. Correct. Yeah.
1: Not sure. So you still have to prove that. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to look, but we'll have another round of sh- I know we didn't have much this year. As far as blue bloods shaking it up, and last year was left and right, Um, nine million dollars in Oxford, Mississippi. What if he goes seven and five next year? You know, you trade the the Kentucky at home for Georgia on the road, and you play Bam on the road. Seven and five might be a good year. It it may be. Uh, You're playing with ten games next year if you're Ole Miss. Much like Mike Leach was playing with 10 games this year because he pulled Bama and Georgia, you could argue even LSU, at LSU, Mike won eight of 10 games that, that he had in play, in my opinion. That is extraordinary and startable in Oxford.
2: You play at Tulane, at Alabama, at Georgia, and at Auburn before you finish with the Egg Bowl at Mississippi State. The,
1: the overwhelming odds at at Bama, at Georgia, at Auburn is 0-3. Oh, 0-3. Oh
2: yeah. The question is, could you screw around and lose one of those, not even P5 non-con, but a G5 non-conference because you pulled one of the hottest, quote-unquote, mid-majors in the country, right? Tulane. Well,
1: at Tulane. Just be, uh, we'll have to see. They are getting decimated, and I think we take from they just beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl to what will yeah. they be next year. Most of these teams don't continue that kind of trajectory. Very true. But I'll, I'll say this. Le- uh, Lane has avoided the terrible G5 loss. You know, Leach got deemed in year two by Memphis. And and you got to stay away from those, from those G5 out of conference losses. Yeah. I will say this. Both teams get to host their P5 non-conference, and that's big. Mississippi State will host Arizona. You got a lot more talent. Old Miss a lot more talent. Old Miss will host Georgia Tech. You've got a lot more talent. That's a good thing. You
2: also get 8 home games at Mississippi State, which yeah. is an unheard of season.
1: It is. Never happened.
2: Never it, happened. It we talked this year about how Lane Kiffin had to make hay in the first half and they did. Look, they started whatever, seven, 7 and, and 0 and 7 and 8 and 1 or whatever it was after the LSU lost you know 8 and 1 and then you lose four down the stretch. I get that that's tough. If you're Mississippi State in the same manner of speaking that we talked about Ole Miss, you have to take advantage with a first-year head coach, a first-year offensive coordinator, who knows what on the offensive side of the football. You have to take advantage of the fact that you get to play in the friendly confines eight times.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I do think you do. I think that once I started looking into that two weeks ago, um, that's going to be, because we were kind of trending that way, that whole eight games thing, is a little overplayed. When Bama and LSU are two of them, um, I think you need to be careful on that. Uh, that schedule's not near as advantageous as I thought it was at first. Usually, Mississippi State makes hay when they have Arkansas, A&M, and Auburn at home, and, the, and Leach did this past year. Yeah, You don't usually when you have them on the road. I, Bartu likes to say it doesn't matter where you play LSU and Bama. I think, to for the most part, he is correct. So be careful on that eight home game thing because two of them are LSU yeah. and Pamela. It's the
2: same thing with Georgia. Yeah. I mean, just because you get Georgia at home doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> you could almost argue you're playing with six home games.
2: Oh. Oh. That's no fun. I can't count losses before we start the season.
1: Well, we did last year for MSU, and I'm doing it this year for Ole Miss. <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, Ole Miss isn't going to Athens and winning.
2: <laughs> That's accurate. That's accurate. They're not going going to Tuscaloosa and win.
1: There's a 1% chance they go to Tuscaloosa and win. Yeah. And that's even with kind of a little bit of unrest in T-Town. Let's talk about that. Who is more miserable right now? A program that's won six national championships under Nick Saban is miserable. One, Hugh Freeze went to Auburn. Ooh. That, That didn't sit well for them in December. And now the protege... Kirby Smart goes back-to-back national titles. I was looking at their boards yesterday. They are in total meltdown mode. Clown X.
2: They're furious. And did you see what Kirby did walking off the field? We didn't talk about this yesterday because I had missed the video. He goes, one. I'm holding my hand up. For, the, for only Robert St. John who's in here watching, but all of you radio listeners, imagine me holding my hand up. One. And then he counts two. And then he pauses for a second. He looks at the crowd. He counts three. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but they won it last year. That's one. They won it this year. That's two. I guess three would be next year, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kirby's telling you they're not taking days off. We played the audio. We played the audio from yesterday.
0: We have a saying around our place. We eat off the floor. And if you're willing to eat off the floor, you can be special.
2: He
1: told you. So, evidently, Bama's not willing to do that.
2: He told you 30 minutes after the game that next year was going to be tougher because they're returning too many players. I know. Isn't that incredible? He's, he had players on the field giving post-game interviews saying, people thought we were going to be 7-5. and five. Who? Who thought you were going to be 7-5? and five? I don't know what drugs he's giving his players. They are duped up on whatever he's feeding them. And give him credit. And they're going to come back and do it again next year. If you're Nick Saban and you're Tuscaloosa, David Pollock looked you in the eyes on national television and told you where your bread was buttered. It's in Athens, Georgia, baby. You better recognize if you're in Tuscaloosa, it's over. I told Ron Fowler with 109 the
1: game Tuscaloosa that, that Kirby Smarts the mayor of Tuscaloosa. That did not sit well on his radio show. So, um, you're going to lose. What's going to gonna happen when Ra Ra Thomas goes to Georgia and catches 20 passes for
2: 130 yards? Doesn't matter. They make they have like 10 million dollars in NIL, right? It's fine. They're fine that's what you do when you're in Georgia. You pay middle of the pack SEC players to not be on teams Just to that you coach have to, them. Yes, correct. He Correct. I don't he he's probably not gonna start.
1: Let's say he gets maybe 40% of the reps. He was gonna get eighty to ninety percent of the reps at Mississippi State. This is gonna happen at Ole Miss and Arkansas too, and so on. And he's a good player. He's gonna go to Georgia. He may not be a top five wide receiver as far as talent. Which means, and they like to pound the ball, run the ball. So what if Ra goes there, catches 20 passes for 150 yards and one touchdown? What does he do? He can't transfer again. You can only transfer once. He can transfer down.
2: But it's not about. Or he can go to the league. It's not about Ra Thomas for Georgia. See, we've, we talk about this. Alabama did this for years in regular recruiting. They'd come over to Mississippi. They'd find some of the top ten, and they'd take them. And halftime, they never played at Alabama, right? Because the goal isn't always to just get the best talent. Sometimes the goal is to prevent someone else from having that talent. If you're Georgia, who cares about paying for Ra Ra Thomas? It doesn't matter. You're pay- you're there to win a title. If you're Georgia, you don't care if one player doesn't get what he's promised or not.
1: Yeah, I wasn't talking about Georgia. I was just thinking about Ra Ra's. You know, he was he was getting featured at Mississippi State and. If like Aaron Brule transferred from Mississippi State to Michigan
2: State and had a 36 tackles, 30, 30, they went five and seven. Yeah. Zach Evans would have been on a CFP semifinal championship team. Instead, he played at Ole Miss. Players are going to get the wool pulled over their eyes. The question is, what motivates you? Are you there to get the bag or are you there for the end game bag? 99% of people will be about the bag. Absolutely. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to
1: be, because 99% of humans would take the bag. That's
2: fine. But those are like, we make those choices in everyday life all the time. Right.
1: Right. So I have buddies that hop, hop around.
2: Well, even if it's not for that, even if it's like, do I want to buy a car? Do I want to save money and do something? uh, Do it like you have to make decisions every day. There are always outcomes based on which road you take the left or the right road. Yeah. Sometimes you don't weigh what the outcome might be when you make that decision. Aaron Brule went to Michigan State to get the bag. That's fine. He went 5-7. and seven. Their team was awful. Something you had to weigh. Zach Evans left TCU because he didn't like the playing time. He didn't like the way the previous staff did. Sonny Dykes comes in, and he wins 12 games. That's, fi- that's fine. You chose to leave. Like, you have to eat those outcomes. I wonder what the outcomes will
1: be like where, where kids are how many kids are going to be glad they transferred compared to how many are going to be like, that wasn't the experience I thought it would be like, what will be the percentage of kids will come back and let's say they're polled in a couple of years. They're like, man, I'm, is it, is it 60% will be glad that they transferred, excited that they transferred or will it be much less than that? 30, 40. Wish I would have stayed taking a little bit less money, but I was in a, an environment of people who recruited me out of high school and kind of knew, Yeah. You know, and we're
2: talking about too a specific group of transfers, because as we mentioned, there were like 3000 kids, right. In the transfer or whatever it was. And most of those are not power five starting players transferring. Right. A lot of that is freshmen who've never played lower level guys, whatever. So when you're looking at just the window that we're operating in, in the power five to me, NIL, and this is what you're seeing state and Ole Miss try to do and, and other schools. And NFL draft analysts have talked about this. NIL, where teams can really win, is keeping a kid who would have gone to the draft and keeping him for one more year. We all get excited about going and stealing a player from right. another school. That's fine. Right. Keep kids on campus the extra year and see how much better you can be as a, as a roster. Retention. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys like Crumity, someone who might go to the NFL, you can say, hey, Makai Polk would have been a great example. Makai Polk might get you the Kentucky win. That'd have been worth sixty grand for Mississippi State,
1: or thirty. Keeping
2: yeah. that guy on camp, but one win—that's a in football, in college football, that one win is invaluable. Yeah. So to me, it's it's you're trying to keep the, That's going to be where I think the best programs operate in in a positive way in NIL is retention based, as opposed to what we like to talk about, which is oh, you go steal a kid from another school. That's fun. That's fun on the message board. Correct. In reality, the, the success will be what programs can keep kids from leaving.
1: Yeah, and again, retention, retention, retention on the roster. Fair enough. Okay. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere, premium meats, cheeses, and hummus. You can find them at Corner Market Grocery Stores in Hattiesburg and Jackson, among other locations. The official grocery store of the Out of Bounds show, Corner Market Grocery Store uh, they are out of Hattiesburg. There's one right by Robert St. John's uh, restaurants, Crescent City and Ed's and El Rio, and so on. Um, corner Market Grocery Store. So you getting ready for the NFL this weekend and you want your craft beer and, you know, your Modelo and you want to load up on steaks and chicken. You've got NFL on Saturday, all day on Saturday and all day on Sunday. And then Monday night with Dak and the in the Buccaneers, which is a little different twist. Um, I love NFL on Saturday, NFL Saturday, NFL Sunday, and then Monday night football. Load up the fridge and the grill at corner market grocery stores in Mississippi. They have a new one in Macomb, and a new one coming in Starble. Locally owned, straight out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. What do you think was funny?
2: I've seen this exact quote on every social media over the last year or so, NIL and Transfer Portal is absolutely destroying college football. Right. I saw that after the national title. There were people saying because TCU got blown out in the national title game, college football stinks and there is no parody anymore.
1: Those semifinal games were
2: great, though. Tell me when the last time we had legitimate parody in college football was. (laughs) Never. I joked Southern Miss. I saw somebody post Southern Miss beat Georgia in Athens in 1996. Yeah, I guess that's parody. Like when offenses were all played three yards, cloud of dust, and you occasionally had a team that could upstart. Maybe Parity in college football is 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 tier based. Yeah, there's parody in tier one because there's about ten to twelve teams maybe in a given year that could could play for a title. There's really four that are elite. And then from thirteen to 25 there's some parity or 13 to thirty there's some parity at least and then thirty one to sixty there might be parity. We don't all operate on the same level right it is what it is it's never been that way I mean I don't name me a time when small schools were beating routinely big schools that's not it's not the NFL right that's exactly right so
1: nothing has really changed no. it's just a different model exactly, but what Georgia has done and Bama, um, and a couple other schools is pretty damn remarkable. And LSU is coming in 2023, and I expect them to, uh, you know, to be a player. And to say that Auburn upgraded is an understatement. Whether you like him or not, Hugh Freeze can just coach, man. And he's put together a good staff, and and they're going to be back and, and more than competitive, um... You know, I don't know what that looks like. Nine and three, ten and two. We'll see. And and Auburn's going to break the the chain of having to play Georgia every year. Once we do away with divisions, don't forget that uh, Auburn wants to get away. They want to cut the cord because they already got Bama. They want to cut the cord on that in LSU. Man, they want to get away from playing uh, Georgia every year. We're live in the Bank Plus Studio. Out of bounds. Brought to you by the amazing selection of Boar's Head